Are you one of many Memphis area residents who suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around on weekday nights looking at your phone while trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about trivia with Kevin Cerrito. Well, actually, that would be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play trivia with Kevin Cerrito. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's trivia night with questions about stuff you and your friends know and like, featuring unique weekly themes including movies, music, 90s TV shows, current events, and more. Come see for yourself while Paul Ryburn's journal calls Kevin Cerrito, quote, a trivia master. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. Trivia with Kevin Cerrito is the perfect prescription for weekday boredom. Warning, side effects may include winning prizes, laughing out loud, high-fiving, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverages, rock, paper, scissors, and spending quality time with friends. Now play trivia with Kevin Cerrito in Overton Square at Swine House every Monday night from 8 to 10. On Broad Avenue at the Rec Room every Tuesday night from 8 to 10. Downtown at Tampa Tap every Wednesday night from 7 to 9. And on South Main at the Green Beetle every Thursday night from 8 to 10. Are you one of many Memphis area residents who suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around on weekday nights looking at your phone while trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about trivia with Kevin Cerrito. Well, actually, that would be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play trivia with Kevin Cerrito. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's trivia night with questions about stuff you and your friends know and like, featuring unique weekly themes including movies, music, 90s TV shows, current events, and more. Come see for yourself while Paul Ryburn's journal calls Kevin Cerrito, quote, a trivia master. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. Trivia with Kevin Cerrito is the perfect prescription for weekday boredom. Warning, side effects may include winning prizes, laughing out loud, high-fiving, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverages, rock, paper, scissors, and spending quality time with friends. Now play trivia with Kevin Cerrito in Overton Square at Swine House every Monday night from 8 to 10 on Broad Avenue at the Rec Room every Tuesday night from 8 to 10, downtown at Tampa Tap, every Wednesday night from 7 to 9, and on South Main at the Green Beetle every Thursday night from 8 to 10. Welcome back to Cerrito Live. Here once again is Kevin Cerrito. All right, we are back. Thanks for making us a part of your week, and thanks, Congressman Cohen, for joining us in the last segment. He's up at the Memphis Zoo slash Overton Park. I guess Overton Park is becoming the Memphis Zoo completely with the parking situation, but maybe we'll catch back up with the congressman. That was some a very interesting radio from uh, your U.S. representative from our ninth congressional district here in the great state of Tennessee. Uh, this portion of the show is being brought to you by Playhouse on the Square, Memphis' only professional theater located at the corner of Union and Cooper in Midtown. Playhouse on the Square is the perfect place to take a date. They've got uh, plays happening all of the time, and they just announced their 2016-2017 schedule, which includes Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia. The Their annual production of Peter Pan will be back. They're doing Rock of Ages, Lord of the Flies, and Million Dollar Quartet. So all that happening um, at Playhouse on the Square. Memphis is only professional. Theater. Check them out, playusonthesquare.org for more information and to buy your tickets today. All right. We had to bump Marcus back as we started the show with some trend, with uh, with uh, a live report from the congressman at Overton Park. Uh, but Marcus joins us now. Mr. Sweet Tea, Mr. Selfie, 
Mr. Snapchat, Marcus Hunter. What's up, Hunter boy? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, Farido? What's going on, fellas? How are you guys doing today? I hope it's a beautiful day there in Memphis, Tennessee, like it is here in Jackson, Mississippi. Oh, you don't even know. It's beautiful here. And there's apparently lots more people parking on the grass at Overton Park, and that is such a huge controversy. It's been in the city. Uh, it keeps escalating. Uh, by the moment, we just had Steve Cohen, our congressman, uh, live um, yelling at people <laughs> at, at the uh, park about parking on the grass. Yeah, you're not supposed to park on the grass, man. I mean, you know, a lot of neighborhood associations have that rule, too. Can't even park on the grass in your own front yard. So, in your own front. You know, but, why would you want to go to somebody else's yard and park in their grass? Well, but you know what? The city council's what? letting it happen. The city council, they voted to say it was okay. So that's a, it's a, and it's just gone out of control since. But, well, I wonder the city council members who want somebody to come in and park in their grass. Yeah, I know. I'm not, that's, that's a very good point. All right, Marcus, we, uh, this is like the longest we have gone without talking to each other on the radio. I maybe ever. I know, man. It seems kind of odd. You know, I, I miss you. I miss you too. We've had, we've had uh, a couple weeks that we were off. We had the one week where it was the day after wrestling night. So we did our, our, our wrestling night recap spectacular. But so, um, everything's been going, going well with you though, down there in Jackson? Yeah, man. Things have been going, uh, pretty good actually. You know, uh, you know, but, you know, the new side of the business is going well. Uh, been getting an opportunity to do some, some stuff sports related. Uh, saw the uh, MSU women make the Sweet 16. They're getting pounded right now by UConn, but that was expected. And, uh, you know, everything else is going pretty, pretty good, you know. So you filled so out a women's bracket? Basketball. Did you fill- I didn't, you know, I did not fill out <laughs> my women's bracket. I didn't fill it out on time. But, you know, I would have had UConn winning. And, you know, I'm pretty much – if you filled out a bracket and had anybody but UConn winning on the women's side, then you might as well throw your bracket away because UConn is going to win. Can't bet against the American Athletic Conference. That would just be ill-advised. Yeah, especially the UConn win. And I noticed you're breaking news up there on, on Twitter. I did not see this story. I got, you brought this story to me, and I tried to think I'm in, I'm connected and I know what's happening, but you broke the story about people catfishing their dinner photos. This is crazy. Well, so there are people who are posting is, fake dinner photos? Tell us about this. Yes, this is ridiculous. Okay, so you know how people will cook something for dinner and, you know, think, hey, I, I did a really good job with this particular meal and preparing it. I'm going to post it, whether you're saying, you know, hey, I made this nice meal for myself or whether you're saying you cooked this for Bay or, you know, which is the, which is the thing now, or whether you're just saying, hey, I cooked this for the family or whoever you cooked it for or whatever. But apparently there have been people who have not been doing their own cooking, not only not doing their own cooking, it's not like they're taking a picture of somebody else's food that they cook at some at somebody else's house. They're taking stock photos or pictures that someone else has posted of their food and posting it as their own and catfishing people to make them think they can actually cook. Because you know what? If a woman is posting photos on the Internet showing that she can cook, it may make a man a little more likely to want to know what's up with her because, hey, if she can cook a meal, that's pretty much one thing that you have done. And, you know, vice versa as well. Guys <laughs> right, yeah. these pictures too. It's you impressive. Know, it's impressive, yeah. Exactly. This is an impressive thing to, to be able to do, but apparently some of these folks can't actually cook. They're using other people's photos, and that is just ridiculous. So, because we the big Monte Teal controversy, you know, you got cat people get catfishers. The MTV show, you know, where people they use somebody else's picture on their Facebook profile to try to meet uh, other people on the internet and get some company, right? And yeah. now people are posting fake pictures of food, which is already like the annoying thing anyway. Like sometimes it's you know it's 
it's like, okay, great. You, you, here's what you're having for dinner. But that's what, there should be a separate social media site for that. We've talked about that before. There should just be like a food site for people who are interested in seeing what people had for dinner. But hey, hey, I'm guilty too. Sometimes I'll post pictures of my food. So I'm not saying it's something not to do. It's more yeah, something I would do for Snapchat. I think you should reserve that for Snapchat. But anyway, so people are doing, doing, uh, fake pictures. They're just using this, just finding a picture on the internet and then claiming that they cooked it. And bragging on themselves that they made that for dinner. That's just absurd to me. But that's 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 what's happening. So I can't trust anybody's food pictures ever again, is what you're yeah, saying. I'm, I'm the same way. I can't trust them unless there's an actual photo of you with preparing the food in the background or a photo of you yourself with the food is the only way right, you I have can to, right. trust it these days. Right, so you have to post a picture. Like some of the celebrities early on in Twitter before they had, like, the, the blue check mark, they would, like, yeah. take a picture of themselves like with the the computer showing that that's the Twitter handle, like to make sure that you knew it was authentic, right? Like this is my authentic one because you had to take the picture to prove that this was yours, and that's what you're gonna have to do with food now to believe it. Yeah. How did y'all te- yeah, did y'all yeah. do this on the news? Did y'all talk about this on the news? Was this a report? Oh, uh, you know what? I found this out yesterday, and I actually was off. Fr- I found it out Thursday, and I was off Friday. But we're gonna have this on the show next week. We're gonna talk about this because this is ridiculous. What's your what's the call letters on your station again? WAPT. I actually have a segment that I do every morning, and it's called uh, Trending Topics. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Yeah, I'm waiting for my check. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like everybody, I mean, someone, that's a normal thing in the mornings. Yeah, you, you know, so I do this segment, and so I'm going to talk about that particular uh, deal in uh, Trending Topics, which is ridiculous. Catfishing food photos. Is your Facebook friend really cooking that? Find out how that yeah. will affect your weekend tonight at 10. <laughs> is that how you're going to tease it? <laughs> Uh, you know, I like that. I'm thinking about it. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen the uh, movie. Uh, I think it's called like Daddy's Home uh, with uh, Will Ferrell um, and uh, Marky Mark. But like, there's a whole deal with the with with the Cinnabon, and did Marky Mark actually make the Cinnabon that he gave to the kids? So yeah, I may have to do like an investigative report and kind of use a clip from that movie and the whole Cinnabon. You could like, do a, you really make this. You do a whole man on the street thing, asking people, uh, like trying to figure out. Say, hey, pull up a picture of this on your on your on your Facebook. Do you have any food pictures on your social media? And have them pull it up, and then I just ask them questions about how they made it and try to try to see what's going on. Yeah, find so out. So on the street, give you a little bit of the recipe to make sure that they made it. Marcus Hunter's on your side. No more fake food pictures on Instagram. No, 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 no. We're the one to watch. You're the one to watch. That's your slogan. Cool. Yeah, is there an on your side in Jackson that I just? Uh, I think there is. I think uh, WLBT or something like that. <laughs> you're the one that doesn't work for investigative journalism. You're the one to watch. Yeah, we're yeah we're the one to watch. We're you know the one who's like breaking news and breaking stories. I mean, we do a lot of investigative journalism. That's like pretty much our main thing that we do anyway. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I just I found that I found that very fascinating. Oh. You know what it is? It's actually holding. We hold you accountable. Oh, that's, that's our whole deal. That's holding your investigation. Accountable. Oh, yeah, holding you accountable. I like that because it's like um, keeping people honest, right? So you're holding you accountable. Yes. No, oh, that's perfect for this investigation. Really holding is. you accountable. Did you make that or not? All right. Well, let's get into some quick turning topics, Marcus. Do you want to? Since that's what you yeah, yeah, want to pretend like it's it's uh, your show in the mornings. On uh, we're not going to do Jackson trending topics. We're going to do Memphis trending topics. All right. Cool. Trending topic. The first trending topic is the University of Memphis. We touched on this with uh, Congressman Cohen before he had to get in a not in an, an altercation somewhat with some folks over there at the Overton Park. But uh, Tom Bowen 
uh, being investigated this week by the University of Memphis. Of course, he is the athletic director. There are there has been talk that he has uh, that the reason Josh Pastner's contract is so hard to get out of is because um, maybe because maybe because Tom Bowen has the same agent as Josh Pastner, so the University of Memphis uh, is investigating to see if any like favors are going on because. Um, the clauses in Josh Pastner's contract, not necessarily the ones that you would see in any other coach's contract. Do you smell foul play here? Marcus, you're, you're an investigative journalist, right? What was the slogan again? Uh, WAPT. No, what was the slogan? What was the slogan? Oh, holding you accountable. All right. Yeah. Hold, let, hold Tom Bowen accountable. All right. They can hold Tom Bowen accountable on this one because you have to understand that this is a huge conflict of interest, not necessarily because they have the same agent, because like you said, that that is not something that is necessarily uncommon. But you have a clause in the contract that not only protects Josh Pastor to make his money, but what it really does, it protects the agent because the agent is the one who is going to win in the end because if Josh Pastor does find another job and the University of Memphis still has to pay him this money, well, the agent is still going to get his cut, still going to get his percentage. So it's not necessarily something that we can honestly say that Tom Bowen even may have known about. Maybe the agent did this without Bowen or Pastner's knowledge. Or maybe, well, you, well this would be something that would kind of be difficult to slip through. Or maybe he was like, hey, this is going to be a problem. You know, friends, but this is definitely something that has to be investigated because... How do you let something like this happen? It's very difficult to understand, especially Josh Pastner, considering at the time the team wasn't showing mass improvement when he signed that contract. So it wasn't like you were thinking, well, this is going to be good for us because it keeps him with us. Because you had to know that at some point it was possible that you were going to have to get rid of Josh Pastner. Right. And I some stuff is frustrating. It's, it, it's frustrating uh, this week. Um, having to read certain things. I do think Tom Bowen is definitely, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, whether there was shady stuff or not, this was a, this is just a completely outrageous mistake by this guy to to allow. Like, so the, the, the thing that you have to realize, so Josh Pastner got fired from the University of Memphis and then got another job, um, Memphis would still have to pay him the entirety of his contract which is just completely not common. I'm sure that, again, we don't know for sure that there's nobody who has this, but it seems like very few reports from experts saying that nobody has this clause in their contract where they're able to leave one school and not, like, have their... Because traditionally, if you would you would get the new job, and University of Memphis would maybe have... If you got a lower-paying job at another school, Memphis would have to pay the remainder if he was getting paid a million dollars, Memphis would have to pay him another million six or whatever, right? But now, if he gets another job, he's getting paid from the other university, and he's going to get the full amount um, from the university. There's no there's no buyout clause uh, with uh, that written in it, which I just think is, is is total incompetence by Tom Bowen, and he is kind of getting off the hook a little bit because uh, some people now want to blame Shirley Reigns, who we know, we know Shirley Reigns is. Uh, uh, was not the best at athletics, and I have my history with Shirley Reigns, but you can't be blaming Shirley Reigns for for uh, the decision, and I'm sure she did not go comb over the contract uh, back. She was there. She was the president of the university at the time of this, but 
Like, there's no way that, that Shirley Raines is responsible uh, for this contract. But yet, Tom Bowen is, uh, he's the one taking arrows. He's upset about taking arrows. But I think he deserves every one of them. How do you let this happen? This seems like it's a basic thing you're supposed to know as an athletic director. You have to think, but you have to think about the pressure that Tom Bowen was under at the time. I mean, at the time when you were under the pressure to keep your head coach, but it, because it, it, it was it was looking like I think at the time Memphis may have even been a school that was invited to be a part of the Big East before everything kind of you know went to shambles. And so you're thinking about building your basketball program up and building, you know, and, and, and trying to, you know, make strides for your football program as well. But basketball at the time at, at the university was the big thing. And so maybe he was under a little pressure to make sure that not only that he kept Josh Pastor because they were still taught that Josh should go take this other job and just made this horrible deal thinking that this would never fall back on him. But that's where it comes to the holding you accountable deal because if they find out or if the University of Memphis wanted to, they could get rid of Tom Bowen over something like this. Right. I mean, they're, they're investigating. The investigation continues uh, by the University of Memphis. And I don't know if it's fireable offense, but Memphis is stuck with their coach because this is not an option. This is not an option to get rid of him and then hope he gets another job and not have to pay him tens of millions of dollars that they owe him. Uh it, it's frustrating. And what do you think about this? So now we, we of course, know, since the last time, you know, last time we were on the air, that Pastor is coming back, as far as we know, if they if this does this investigation doesn't pave out to be something. What, well, we have a whole other year of Josh Pastor as the head coach of the University of Memphis. Are you looking forward to that? Um, yeah, I, I actually am looking forward to it because, you know, Josh Pastor by no fault of his own, was giving another year, or no help of his own, was giving another year. And so now it's going to be interesting to see what he does with it because I think that he knows. He has to know going into this year. If the team sucks, then it doesn't really matter. They're going to be done with him after the next season anyway. And it's probably going to be difficult for him to find another job other than an assistant coach job because he would have essentially taken a team that was a – a perennial NCAA team and and, and and then lowered it to the point where they can't even get into the tournament. So this next season is a make-or-break season for Josh, even if he wanted to leave the University of Memphis afterwards, even if they had a successful season, just to get away from the city of Memphis and all the pressure that he would no doubt be under the following year because they're not going to give him another contract for one successful year. So I'm looking forward to see what Pashner is able to do with the pressure on him because this year, yeah, there was pressure. But if he continues to be the head coach and nothing comes from this investigation, then he's going to know this is basically a make-or-break year for his career as a head coach. But does he care? Does he care? Like, he knows he can't get fired, really. I know, but, but he knows he can't get fired, but it's going to have an effect on his career moving forward if he ever wants to continue to be a head coach. If head right. coaching is something that he wants to have as a career for the remainder of his life until he retires. All right, let's keep moving on with some trending topics. It's interesting. I am not looking forward to another year as Josh Pastner, head coach of the University of Memphis. I do not think it's a fascinating storyline. I think we just went through this year and last year where it just has not been fun. This has not been fun for Memphis. It's not been fun to watch the the attendance drop at FedEx Forum. Uh, there were probably more people at Billy Joel last night than were at uh, all of the Tiger games combined this season. Don't quote me on that, but there, there was a lot of people at Billy Joel. Um, we'll go to our next trending topic. Trending topic. CJ's not here today. 
different. <laughs> Your Memphis Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies are doing some amazing things. There's Kevin Leip, who usually joins us at this time every week, uh, will be back with us next week. He's taking uh, this Easter weekend off. But the Grizzlies are on a historic um, campaign here to the playoffs here in the NBA. They have – do you know the number of people? How many different players have – have played in a Grizzlies uniform this season, Marcus? Well, uh, I'm going to go out on the limb and say uh, 19. It is 27. Oh, my goodness. 27, which is a record. It's tied right now with the 96-97 Mavericks for the most ever amount of different players to play for one single team in the NBA, not since 1996-97. Does that mean Chris Wallace should be GM of the year? Or or Dave Yeager, coach of the year, because the team is still in the playoffs. There's still a five-team in the play, playoffs. Most players to log game minutes in NBA history. Grizzlies at 27, tied with the Mavericks. The 76ers uh, had 25 in 2014-2015. Same with the Timberwolves. So Grizzlies beating the... Beating the most recent by uh, two. We have to go back to the Jets. Where did the Jets play? Were they New York? I think so. And forty-eight, forty-nine. That was that's your fifth place uh, team. So anyway, the Grizzlies doing some 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 magical stuff with this new roster and new teams. They couldn't beat San Antonio last night, but they we did see Zebo uh, get a triple double um, last week against the Los Angeles Clippers, who of course was Zebo thirty-four years old. The, third oldest person in NBA history at the time of their first career triple-double for Zebo last week. Matt Barnes is the oldest player in NBA history at the time of their first triple-double. We've had this is like the, the senior tour Memphis known for having aging professional wrestlers who can still get it done in the ring, right? Now yeah. we're taking that title, moving it over to basketball with Matt Barnes and Zach Randolph being your, your your elder statesman of the business, and they're still able to win. Like, Jerry Lawler is 60-something, but he wins every match still. Hey, man, they might get it done with the old man balls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you know how, like, how, how they say the young kids can't beat the old guys, even though the old guys are out of state. It's all about wit and wisdom sometimes. The old man ball getting it done there in Memphis. I mean, they've been playing it for a while anyway, which is called greater than grind. It's the old man ball pretty much. So, uh, you know, it's paying off for the team, and they have continued to be able to grind out these wins. And, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, I give a lot of credit to uh, Robert Terrell, the owner. Because, oh, really? You know, okay. there, there, was, there was talk about getting rid of Dave Yeager at the beginning of the season and, and, you know, switching up the roster, making, well, obviously the roster has switched up a whole lot considering 27 players, but making some significant changes to the roster, you know, big name guys. And I think it may have a little fire under this team to, you know, get it done because as they continue to slip, then these guys more than likely, I mean, even if they will be together next year, we know that it would not have been the case if they had had a poor season. So, I know I give him a lot of credit for you know lighting a fire up under his team and under his guys to get him galvanized, you know, to get him galvanized and right. ready for the remainder of the season. If you're gonna have, if you're gonna have uh, an NBA season, which every team does, this happens to every team in the NBA, you get hurt, right? You're gonna have a yeah. season where some of your best players are hurt, and it's going to mean you have zero chance 
to win the NBA championship, right? And that yeah. happens to every team every year. Not every team, but a bunch of teams every year, right? It happens. Grizzlies been lucky. I mean, look what happened to the Cavaliers last year. They still made the finals. Right. Grizzlies lucky not to, to have the injury bug uh, for so many seasons, and it's definitely caught up with them now. And... But to not, but the Grizzlies so fortunate now. You, it always happens. Like it just happens. It's just it's just what happens in the NBA. You're going to have players get hurt. But luckily now for the Grizzlies, they're getting hurt and they're they're making history. Like this is a historic run by this Grizzlies team because they are going to probably make the playoffs. It's, they're looking like they make the playoffs. The only thing that concerns me is they have the toughest schedule, the toughest schedule according to strength of schedule remaining in the NBA of any team. The Grizzlies have it. They got ten games left facing the Spurs and the Warriors twice each. That's like four guaranteed losses, right? They lost to the yeah. Spurs last night, one of those. So they have of nine games because there's a Spur game last night. They had Clippers, Dallas, Toronto. Um, they're only going to be favored to win two of the their last uh, nine games coming up. So they're going to fall into the playoffs somewhere between the five and the eighth seed, more than likely. Unless something just unless it all falls under, I think this team's going to definitely make the playoffs. But man, and then they're going to make history because they're going to be the biggest. I guess what is it? The biggest variety? What do we call this team? The um, the team with the most players to log game most minutes doesn't sound very yeah. fun. Yeah, the team with the uh, with the most roster moves in one season. Well, then you have yeah. to know the number of moves they've made to uh, make the playoffs in the history of the NBA. Yeah, the previous record for a team that made the playoffs was twenty three. Uh, roster changes. So 27 for the Grizzlies right now. The previous record was 23. That was 07-08 for the Cavaliers. Hey, if you got LeBron, you can do it, right? And 04-05 Rockettes in the 96-97 Suns. So three teams have made the playoffs with 23. So the Grizzlies are going to just blow that record up if they make the playoffs, which is looking like they will. And we're hopefully, like I said, I'm 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 looking forward to a Golden State Grizzlies first round of the, of the playoffs. I think that could be fun if that's what ends up happening. You mean you mean you mean a possible second round at this point, or do it, you think they can still fall to the eighth seed? I think they could still fall. They've got the toughest schedule in the NBA left, and a roster. Have you seen the Grizzlies roster? Like, you can't. Yeah, be, yeah, they, they're not going to be beating the Spurs or the or Golden State, so we know they've got guaranteed losses coming in on this. Not going to be an easy. Yeah, yeah. Not going to be an easy finish. They're going to be able to make the playoffs, but who knows? They might be. They may be uh, seven or eight. They, who knows? We'll see. I don't want a Spurs first round. I'll tell you that. We said that. It's the last thing you want to finish the season off with. Yeah. True. All right. Let's go to um, our final trending topic. Trending topics. And that is the NC two way basketball tournament. We won't talk about our specific brackets, but I do want to look at we're looking at this. The Elite Eight is underway now. It is set. It's Kansas, the number one seed versus number two seed Villanova. You have Oregon, uh, number one seed against the number two seed Oklahoma. You have the number one seed, uh those two games are today. Tomorrow you've got UNC uh versus Notre Dame. That's a one and a six, and you have Virginia versus Syracuse, a one in the ten. So to me, Marcus, I ask you this, should you just every year when you're picking your bracket, should you just always just take I I know my rule is you always take the one seeds to the Elite Eight because it's just stupid. It's stupid for you if you're going to pick a one seed to lose because majority of the time the number one seed makes it to at least the the Elite Eight. It's not going to happen every year, but you should do that. But should you now just take the ones and the twos? Should you just go all chalk? To try to win your bracket pool because eventually you're going to have a year like we got this year, which is only two number twos didn't make the elite eight, and every number one made the elite eight. If you're an all, if you're going all chalk for the elite eight, you're doing pretty well in your bracket. No, you are, and I, and I think that uh, that might be what has to start happening because 
Because um, you know we've had more years like that here lately, especially with those number one seeds. You know, you know, two, three, really. And I think what what has happened it has been we've gotten so caught up in the fact of these upsets because these upsets they happen every year, but they, but they happen in the first round. Hardly ever do the upset team make it deep into the tournament. I mean, you know, you have the Butlers who've done it, you have the SF Austins who've done it in the past, and you've and you've had the Wichita States, but that's that's rare. And so, I, I think more if you want to win the bracket, it's good to pretty much go chalk. And, and, and I may do that next year because, you know, this year was a horrible year for me. I think I, I've had the worst bracket I've ever had in the history of having of doing brackets. And I didn't follow college basketball closely enough to have a to have a good one. And I should have went back and made some changes after I did some more research. I didn't. It cost me. So, yeah. Going chalk next year is something I'm going to do pretty much, probably the first, in, up, up until the Elite Eight. Well, you got to take the ones. You got to take the ones pretty far. But, of course, this, I say this, but Michigan State went out in the first round, so your bracket did take a hit losing that number two. But, yeah. But you're looking at it. You've got – it's two seeds that are not ones and two seeds in this Elite Eight. But – all right, Marcus, we will talk to you next week back at your regular time at 11 o'clock. All right. Uh, be good, fellas, and uh, holla back. All right. Thanks, Marcus. All right, that's Marcus underscore underscore Hunter. Um, if you're out and about this weekend, hey, if you're going to go to Overton Park, we keep talking about the parking at Overton Park, just just use Uber. And you can use my Uber code, Uber Cerrito, and get $15 off your first ride. So if you've never ridden with Uber before, it's uh, usually quicker and more reliable than a taxi. I enjoy it more than a taxi. I travel uh, using Uber um, everywhere. I was stuck. Where was I stuck? Home Depot. Today. Don't even ask why. But I called. I, I got on my phone. Didn't call them because you don't call them. And I requested Uber to come pick me up. Pick me up. Talk, took me home. Pretty, pretty uh, simple. Pretty easy. Uh, that's Uber. And if you're going to the park, just take Uber to the park. Don't park in the grass. Uber Cerrito is the promo code. U B E R C E R R I T O. Type that into your device. Uber Cerrito, and you'll get fifteen dollars off your first Uber ride. So. Uh, all right, coming up next, Greg Akers is going to join us in the studio along with a uh, special guest, local comedian Katrina Coleman as well. So stick around. You're listening to a special supersized edition of Cerrito Live.